Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown and beyond. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Monday, April 17th. It is five minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey Can on 93 on WIBC. I got I to gotta preview it first. It's a uh, public charter school students need your help now oh. text. Well, why don't you preview it and then read it? Takeactionin.org. Okay, perfect. They want money or something. <laughs> don't you love that? Isn't that just the best? Give us the give us money text are always my favorite. Mm-hmm. If there's something... Just totally rude and impersonal to ask someone for money via a text message. Yeah, but everybody's got their phone, so it's a oh, good I disruptor. Like, you want to get in someone's face, send them a text, because you it. know they're going to read it. But I feel like if you're going to ask me for money, you got to come to my face. Mm-hmm. Like, when Kev needs money from me, he mans up and says, Rob, I need five <laughs> bucks for lunch. And that's fine, but that's just, it doesn't work for me via text message. You know what also doesn't work for me, Casey? What? Is that we have people in our government who have been there for 9,370. 73 years. They can't make it to work half the time anymore. And yet everybody just says this is fine to have people who were here when the earth is young was young mm-hmm. representing us in public office and they're so ill and fragile they can't come to work. Now, I know many people are well, who is he talking about? Well, let's just spin the wheel. <laughs> is it Mitch McConnell? No, he's actually returning to work. Oh, today. and after 5 weeks. Is it John Fetterman? No, he's actually returning to work as well. Oh, after what? Well, he was gone like two months or something. Mm-hmm. We never even, I guess he got sworn in and then, so almost three months with him. Yeah. You must be talking about Feinstein Stein. Diane Feinstein Stein, yes. So she has been, what is she, 908 years old? I, what is she? She's got to be 89. She is actually 89. 89, okay. So you want to know her real age. She has been gone Mm -hmm. for something close to six or seven weeks now. She supposedly had a bevy of medical-related issues. She had shingles. And I understand that there are things that happen in people's lives where they are sick or ill or cannot come to work or whatever. I get it. But if you are 3,381 years old, and you have been in the Senate since the Hoover administration. And before that, you were a very terrible mayor, of which Diane Feinstein Stein was of New York of uh, San Francisco. She was so bad, in fact, that she almost let the Night Stalker get away. It was Diane Feinstein Stein who gave away the key pieces of evidence that almost cost them the ability to catch the night. So she wasn't she wasn't exactly uh, you know top of her graduating class be, when she was young and coherent, go home. Like, I'm sorry if that sounds callous. You are 89 years old. And mm-hmm. I say it's not a Democrat thing. Chuck Grassley, go home. Mitch McConnell, go home. You people are pathetic. You need to be in these positions of power. Your whole life's worth. Don't give me this. Oh, it's for the people. And I enjoy the public service aspect. Bull crap. You people are there for you. Because in some sick, twisted, demented way, Being able to lord over people Mm -hmm. is what gives you meaning in life. Okay, now when it comes to Dianne Feinstein-Stein, and it's being requested 
by her Democrat friends right? <laughs> that she be removed from the Senate Judiciary Committee. These aren't Republicans that are coming after her. This is her own party who is requesting that Mitch McConnell remove her. You mean Chuck Schumer? Yes. Well. <laughs> Chuck Schumer's in charge of the Senate. I, okay. Well, I mean, it's, unless Chuck Schumer has somehow advocated his throne. I mean, it's. To Mitch McConnell, uh, no. Which I don't think, I think that would have been in the new, although Mitch McConnell would not have been at work to receive said throne because he is also. He nine, hasn't been there. He's also 9,000 years old. Well, this, he, but the, the question is, though. Does she even know? Is she even aware? Does she have the cognitive functions going? Where was John Fetterman? Where was John uh, Fetterman well, for two months? He was at Walter Reed Hospital. Doing what? Was he getting a lobotomy? Was he getting a brain transplant? Two two months is a long time for every single day to be treated for depression, and I get that people go through that, but you do not want those people running society. Uh, look, I understand people go through stuff, but you do not just instantaneously. If you got to be in... If you've got to be in Walter Reed for two months, you're not rolling out of there going, well, look at the sun. Everything's so much better. I understand people have issues and ailments, and I get it. I understand mental health is a very serious thing. John Fetterman should not be a U.S. senator. There are so many of these people who have no business running a Wendy's, much less society, and yet there they sit. And they sit there because of the favors that they dole out while they're in office for the people who go, well, we don't need term limits. The voters are the term limits. No, you're not. Look at all the things you get manipulated on on a daily basis. Why would politics be any different? These senators, many of them, sell access to themselves to ensure they stay in public office. And so they bombard you with gajillions of dollars of advertising and mailers and everything else and the power of the incumbency and the power of the party. Unless you really screw up, it's almost impossible. Look at Indiana. We have a rigged ballot system where it's almost impossible for anyone, not a sitting congressman, senator, or infinitely wealthy like Mike Braun to get on our ballot to even run for public office. The system is so rigged, and these this is why we're in the position we're in. It's just, what has become of our country? She hasn't been to work in six weeks and no one has any idea where she's at. She's missed 60 votes over the last two months. And there's no, these people, because at the core, it's who you are as a person. These people are so narcissistic and self-absorbed that there's nothing about Dianne Feinstein where she goes, you know what? I've been here a long ass time. Wasn't there talk that they kind of resigned her already? And she like put out a press release saying she was resigning, and then she was like, "Well, no, wait a minute, I I, I didn't do that. Did I do that?" No, she was Steve Urkel. You're, you're like, she was Steve Urkel. You're being told you're doing it, right? And so she has no idea probably where she's at or what's going on with her a, 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 much of the time. I mean, if if you are basically secluded and you don't know whether you agreed to quit or not quit, sorry. You shouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. And yet we are our our Senate is riddled with these and there's nothing wrong with being elderly. I hope I live long enough to be elderly and God That is the goal after all. God bless these people, but I do not want them running society. And Casey, when I turn eighty five years old, some whippersnapper on WIBC can say, I don't want that old fart running society either. <laughs> I'm willing to accept that. I just but but nobody will tell these people to go away and these Democrats we're they, all we're all over the talk talk uh, TV show circuit on Sunday. Yeah, and they were asked, 
do you think? And none of them gave a direct answer. Well, I mean, you even mentioned Katie Porter from California is going to be running for her seat. According to Diane Feinstein, it's not vacant yet. Yeah. So Kirsten Gillibrand, who uh, famously ran for president and got about three votes, uh, is from New York. She's a Democrat senator. And she was asked and basically said no matter how incompetent or unable to show up to work Feinstein is, she should be able to serve forever. There are growing calls among Democrats for uh, 89-year-old Senator Dianne Feinstein uh, to resign. She's missed 60 votes over the last two months due to illness. Uh, her absence is increasingly harming Democrats' ability to confirm nominees, pass legislation. There's been a lot of talk in the last several years about her awareness, her, her, her cognitive abilities. Do you think it's time for her to step down? Diane Feinstein is an extraordinary senator, and she's been a role model and a mentor to me my entire career. I sit with her on the Intelligence Committee. She asks some of the most searing, pointed questions of anyone on that committee. Her legacy and her depth of experience is valuable. And we've had so many senators who have had illnesses, whether it's Mitch McConnell's illnesses or senators who have had strokes. These are issues that we're human, and we believe that a senator should be able to make their own judgments about when they're retiring and when they're not, and they all deserve a chance to get better and come back to work. Uh, Diane will get better. She will come back to work. She will get better. She will come back to work. When? She's been out since March. Look at, look at your employer. Think about it in your job. If something happened to you, first of all, if you're 89 years old, nobody is banking on you to be in a management position at 89 years old. But let's just play some weird world where that exists. And you're gone for six months Mm -hmm. or six weeks. Mm -hmm. Hey, Sam. Hey, Sally. When are you coming back? It's called FMLA. (laughs) And somebody takes your place, Mm -hmm. right? You're gone. Yeah. And in this case, we're not talking about running some low-level company or whatever. We're talking about running society. Mm -hmm. She's one of the 100 most powerful people in our society. And not only does she not have the morals or the sense of love of country to go, dude, it's passed me by and I'd like to spend my remaining years with my family and I've had a great life and good luck to the next person. Please leave it better than you found it. These Democrats... Who everybody she wouldn't knows. answer. Of course not. And why does Kirsten Gillibrand That was a care? yes or no question. Kirsten Gillibrand lives across the entire country. Mm-hmm. Her survival in the Senate in no way depends on Dianne Feinstein's sign. But it wasn't just her. Tammy Baldwin, mm-hmm. she's a Democrat senator from Wisconsin, said basically the same thing. Do you think these calls for her to resign are appropriate? Look, it's um, up to Dianne Feinstein and her family to uh, decide uh, whether she wants to uh, uh, keep on serving. And she's had a remarkable record, and uh, uh, I respect that. Why is it up to her family? Right. Great question. We're doing this by committee now? Great question. It's up to her and her family. No. Because they, but but I was just going to say, and I'm glad you pointed this out. That is very that is very insightful because it gives you an insight to how these people view these seats, that they are theirs by right and they will relinquish. They're not yours. Those seats belong to you. The seat uh, any lawmaker is in from uh, surveyor to president of the United States is your seat. You own it as a taxpayer. It belongs to the public. And these people are public servants or they're supposed to be. They're not. But they view it as it is theirs and we will decide when we go and you peasants will do whatever we tell you to do. Well, and if you have to have the family come together, I understand you're going to run for president. 
you want to talk with your family, your spouse, make sure everybody's on board with something like that. But in this case, it sounds like, well, we have to talk with the family because the family is running her. And isn't there something? Because she's not doing it herself. Well, and isn't there something pathetic? About Look, I get asked to run for stuff all the time, Mm -hmm. Casey. On a daily basis. And I tell people that's probably not ever going to happen again. Now, I'm not saying definitively no, because definitively no means it will never happen. But I have talents that are valued in society. I have skill sets and the ability to do things that are valued in society. And that was the intent. I I have served. I have done my part. And then... I went back into society and used those skill sets to better to to in this case enrich an employer and feed my family and all these other things, which is the way it's supposed to be. But these people, it it is like what would Todd Rokita do if he weren't in public office? He stopped being a congressman and lost that Senate race, and he spent the next couple of years just figuring and plotting a way to get himself back into public office. He didn't go run a company. He didn't, you know, do anything great to contribute to society. It's all these people. What? What is Chuck Grassley? He's literally, I think, been there. I think he got elected the same time Reagan did. I was negative three. I'm a grown-ass man at middle age. And I was negative three when he got elected. Go home. I'm sorry. I'm done being nice to these people. Go home. I am so sick of these career politicians. I don't care whether you're 8,000 like her or you're whatever Rokita is, late 40s, early 50s. You people all suck. Get real jobs and do something for society for once. Stop grifting. Well, in the case of Dianne Feinstein, just retire. Yeah. And... Enjoy your golden years, the fall of your life. By the way, and I'm still so mad at Todd Rokita because he's a real tough guy who talks really bad behind my back. And we were at that Hamilton County Lincoln Day dinner, and he was as close to me as you are. And he Uh was looking right at me, and I thought, okay. Here we go. Big tough guy. What happened? Going to come up and say to my face. Turned around and went the other way. Mm. And he did the same thing at the fall dinner or the spring uh, state party dinner. uh, What would that have been in 2021 with Mock? When I thought he's going to come up and he walked right around us and didn't say anything. Mm -hmm. And I'm hampered. It's unfortunate, Casey. I know we got to get to a break, but I'm hampered when I go to these things by my pledge that I will not instigate any Well, maybe he was thinking the same thing. He didn't didn't want to make a scene. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure that's what he was thinking. His reputation is right. Oh, yeah. His reputation... Uh, what's it precedes him? Is that what do they say? Yeah. Your reputation precedes you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say exceeds, but very little do we get Rakeed and exceeds in the same sentence. Uh, hi, Todd. Okay, let's take a break. When we come back, we've got some great audio from Alex Jones. He mm-hmm. was asked about uh, kids and the transitioning, and I thought in a rare act of clarity, he made a great point. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And Casey on 93 WIBC. So Vivek Ramaswamy has introduced Bud Wright 
koozies. <laughs> These are for his campaign. He also is coming out strong with a policy he's not shying away from, says that transgenderism is a mental health issue. Now, something that has uh, gotten the country talking is uh, the bud deal with uh, a uh, trans activist. Uh, uh, You tweeted this out. Get bud right. There are two genders. Men are men and women are women. Don't apologize for the truth. Ditch your next Bud Light 24 pack. Donate the cost and get his and her exclusive campaign koozies. You, 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 You got koozies now? What do they say? We're having some fun. We're having some fun on the campaign trail. I don't think what Bud did was right. I've been severely critical of it in severe terms and in a very serious way. Transgenderism and gender dysphoria is a mental health disorder. We need to speak truth and call that out for what it is and treat it as such. We should not affirm the confusion of kids who are confused. That is not compassionate. That is cruel. And as president, I would ban these gender-affirming surgeries, chemical castration, effectively genital mutilation under the age of 18. So those are serious policies. But we decided to lighten it up a little bit as well and say, you know what, instead of Bud Light, if they're going to make this mistake, we'll get Bud right. And you know what, there's going to be a bottom-up grassroots movement anyway. We had some fun with it, and you know what, that's part of our grassroots effort here as well. Casey, I I think Vivek, Mm -hmm. in addition to being your heartthrob and boyfriend, um, is going to serve a good purpose in this election. He's getting dialogue going. Well, every election we need one unserious gimmick guy in the race. It was Herman Cain in Mm -hmm. 2012. It was, uh, I don't know who would have been 16, but uh, it was the Andrew Yang guy in 2020 where they're just using a bunch of gimmicks and slogans that are mildly entertaining. It's like politics is a lot like pro wrestling. You need the unserious gimmick guy to bring a little comedy to the television show. And I think Vivek's going to be that guy. You think he's unserious? I think that he has a lot of conversations going and he's not shying away from his opinion and he's putting it out there. I think he's very good at getting uh, using gimmicks and slogans and phrases to get attention to himself. He's not going to win. He has no chance of winning, nor does anyone else not name Trump or DeSantis. But, <laughs> right. I mean, like think with the koozie. Mm-hmm. You're not serious if you're, you know, it's Bud Wright. Okay, well, that's funny. We're talking about it, but come on. Also trending this morning, Kevin McCarthy. He's going to speak at the New York Stock Exchange today. He states he will outline the urgent need for a responsible debt ceiling increase. But I thought we could fire up the Wayback Machine to 1985 when Ronald Reagan spoke at the New York Stock Exchange. It's time, too, that government got off its present spending spree before it squanders our future prosperity. You're on a big Ronald Reagan kick now. You've got a Ronald Reagan button there on the YouTube feed people can see. I do. You went antiquing over the weekend. I did. I was in Plainfield, and as I drove by the Plainfield High School, I thought, "Hmm, they got anything going on this weekend? You guys dealing with anything over there in Plainfield? Yeah, but there's uh, Gillies or Jillies, it's called. Yeah. There's an antique mall there. It was fun to walk around, and I saw this Ronald Reagan button, campaign button, and I, yes, spent $6 Did you haggle on the price? No. supposed to do that in the antique market. Are you? Nobody pays it was full under, price. It was under lock and key. Like, this was a value. <laughs> I had to get someone to come unlock it so I could get this out. Wow, what a bargain. Somebody put it in lock and key. I know. I'm going to bring campaign buttons back. We're going to put them on our jean jackets. <laughs> sure, yes, that, absolutely. That brooches. Uh, finally trending this hour, you remember it, Cocaine Bear, the movie? We've, yes. We've talked about this before. I, I saw it's coming to one of the streaming services. It is. Soon. It's starting on Friday. It's going to be available on Peacock. 
Oh, I've got that. Well, congratulations. Your Friday well, night is planned. Time out, time out here, Casey. I know we got to get to a break. Mm-hmm. But I saw this, and I couldn't remember which one I was scrolling through. I've, I've gotten on a big Dallas kick. <laughs> I've started yeah. watching the old episodes of Dallas. Uh-huh. Um, Who's what? your favorite, Bobby or JR? Oh, come on, Casey. You like JR, of don't you? Of course. Yeah. Okay. My favorite, Hammer and I were texting about this. My favorite thing about the early Dallas is the the niece, Lucy, right? That's her name? Uh, Charlene Tilton? So, yes, was her name in real life, but yeah. Lucy was the name on the show. Yeah. She's, in real life, she's like 20, because I, I looked it up, and I, she looks very young. Mm-hmm. But she's supposed to be like 15 on the show. She's in high school. Yeah. And she's hooking up with Ray Krebs and they're just like put showing it on camera mm-hmm. they're like this is totally normal mm-hmm. this is complete and total pedophilia and they're like that was the 1970s and they're putting it on network television yeah TV's changed a lot <laughs> isn't it interesting what's going on in society I mean they're just like yeah sure no problem and it's happening over and over she's in clubs rubbing on him I was like how did they get away with this crap we're gonna suspend reality for beer cans, yet TV is locked down now. Uh, just, that just blew my mind. It had been years and years and years since I had seen Dallas, certainly the early episodes. All right, let's take a break, Casey. When we come back, mm-hmm. let's get into why the critical race theory stuff matters, why the SEL stuff matters, why the DEI stuff matters, because we throw these buzzwords out a lot, and it goes over, over people's heads, and a lot of parents may hear about these videos we've been talking about and say, well, I know it's probably bad and not good, but what you know, what is it mean for me? What is it really all about? Let's get into that, shall all right, we? It's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. 1134 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So you've heard the phrase of CRT, critical race theory. You've heard SEL, social emotional learning. What do these things actually mean? So critical race theory says that there is systemic racism and that's part of the American society. That's just the way things are. Right. Basically, Against rule of law. No matter what happens, it, racism is totally baked into our culture as a collective. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to spend a moment, a segment, whatever, talking about some of these things and why they matter. Because as you are hearing on these videos that we have played, played on this radio station, you've seen over the past several days of these Indiana school administrators. Again, and I look, I say this because, and I think the reason I've spent so much time on this now, I was so taken aback that Plainfield was involved in this. Mm-hmm. Because again, all those years have been out there. They have always at least publicly been, hey, they've got you know flag day. They line the before the football games with the American flag and they salute law enforcement. And, you know, I, I really feel and I don't even live in Plainfield and I feel kind of played because I've vouched for these these people before. I've told people before, man, all this crap happening in Brownsburg. Somehow it's not happening in Plainfield. How are they able to pull? You know, well, they really are an island. I mean, based on that audio from what was her name? Delvecchio. The, Laura Delvecchio. I think actually we have that. The assistant yeah, superintendent that, at Plainfield. That, well, we'll, and we'll get to it maybe here in a minute. But I, but I want to spend a moment talking about what this stuff is and why it matters. Because what you realize out of these clips is that these administrators know what they're doing and they're deceiving you from getting the information. So it would be one thing to say we're doing this and here it is. And if you don't like it, win a school board race. Okay. 
reasonable people can disagree, and that's why we have public elections. But what these people are admitting in these videos, whether it's Martinsville, Plainfield, Elkhart, wherever, we are doing this stuff, and we know it's unpopular in our community. And we're going to try and do it under the radar. Exactly. Let's play the guy, the guy from Elkhart. Um, Brad Shepard. Brad Shepard is his name. What is he, like the assistant superintendent? Mm-hmm. Okay, at Elkhart. Because I thought of all the ones that we played on Friday, he is the most glaring... Yeah, this is, we know it's wrong, or we know people don't like it, and we're hiding it from you. They're even talking about like relabeling social and emotional learnings. That's somehow become a yes. bad phrase. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it has become a bad phrase, and, and um, we don't openly use that phrase, but we're still doing it. So, I mean, just to avoid anything, I mean, we have not really been hit with it, but just to even avoid it. Language arts is fun because you can do a lot with it. Like you can, you can even put it. the SEL exactly. in oh, yes. language you can arts. Oh, yes, very easily. That's right. exactly right. He's saying we haven't been hit with it. He's talking about we haven't been hit with any backlash from it. Because you're hiding Because it. we're doing it. Right. But we're just calling it a different name. If you're proud of something, you walk through the front door. I come in here every day. You come in here every day. And we tell everybody our beliefs because we're proud of them. Mm-hmm. We have nothing to hide. If I were ever stupid enough to run for public office again, you'd know exactly where Rob Kendall stands on everything because you deserve that as a taxpayer. But you're getting decepti- deceptive behavior because, and this is why this is important, it is about indoctrinating your kids into a way of thinking. It is about building them to be thinkers in a way the public education system wants them to be thinkers as they enter adult life and society. Why? Because that's when they're eligible to start voting. Mm-hmm. And if you if you make someone think something every single day and you have control over someone every single day for the first 12 or 13 years of their cognitive existence. Impressionable years. They're going to enter society thinking those things are true. Mm-hmm. It's, it is no different than I heard a guy years ago who went to North, spent some time in North Korea, um, an American who spent time in North Korea. And those people eat grass, Casey, to live. And they live a totally horrific existence. But you know what they're taught? This is normal, and we do it because America is the devil, and we are keeping you from getting killed by the devil. And the average person would look at Kim Jong-un and his goon squad feeding their faces and living the high life and the lobster and everything else and go, what the hell is going on here? We're eating grass, and you're doing that. This ain't working. But to those people, because they, from the time they are born, are indoctrinated because they don't have access to information or television or those sort of things, uh, America is the devil, and... You have to eat grass and bags of grain because otherwise you will be taken over by the devil. It is a much smaller thing here in which from the age of five years old, when people enter kindergarten or now younger, thanks to Mike Pence and the Republicans and this extended extended pre-K program that they put uh, use taxpayer money for, these people are indoctrinating your kids, whatever you want to call it, CRT, SEL, DEI, bananas, mangoes, oranges, whatever you want to call it, to thinking that America is an inherently evil mm-hmm. and awful place, mm-hmm. and they, they, they being the kids, are to blame for it, and they must atone for their sins for something they had nothing to do with. That's it. 
That's it exactly. It's teaching that American democracy is a lie. And it teaches that the rule of law doesn't exist. And instead, they're blaming the children for things that they had nothing to do with. They're not swaying voters. They're raising voters. Yes, that's that is so that is so well said. Kev, can we play the chick from Martinsville? I forget what her name was. Jenny Oakley. Oh, yes. She's I, the director yes. of e-learning and literacy okay, let's at play, Martinsville. Let's play a little bit of what she had to say. Textbook companies that are coming in to do presentations, and I actually prep them a little bit because I'm mm-hmm. like, we want this in our curriculum, so if you could just not say specifically this, um, then it won't cause a red flag with the community. And I hate that we have to do that, but um, that way it's still there. Yeah. And, and they would support it if just the the content was there. They just, it's the title. No, they wouldn't. Mm. They wouldn't support that. And it's not about the excuse. You don't want history taught. No, I want history taught. I want kids to know that slavery was awful and abhorrent and evil. But I also want kids to know that a bunch of predominantly white people fought to end that. I want young kids to know that our founding fathers struggled greatly about slavery in the foundation of this country. And the majority of our founding fathers did not want there to be slavery. But in order to found the nation, they recognized that they had to have the southern states involved and that had to exist. And from the day our country was founded, they started fighting to undo the thing. And it was ultimately undone. America is the greatest idea ever conceived by man with the gr- some of the greatest people who have ever lived in the history of this earth. And the one thing about America is we have almost always found a way to do the right thing. And in this country, we have spent trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars in an attempt to atone for this original sin. And we still spend the money today for things we had nothing to do with. My great-great-grandfather, William B. Kendall, fought on the side of the Union. What do I have to do with slavery? Why am I held to account for this? Why should I feel guilty? My family has never had anything to do with that. But yet, I, if I were in public school today, mm-hmm. I would be taught, and they won't always say it directly as I'm going to say it, but this is what they're teaching your kid, that I am guilty by being a white middle-class person. Doesn't matter what my that my grandfather fought to to defeat the Nazis. It doesn't matter that my great great grandfather fought on the side of the Union to win the Civil War. That none of that matters. You're guilty because you're white and you're middle class. And the only way for you to atone for that is to support people and candidates and causes that say America is an inherently evil and awful place and that it needs to be totally burned to the ground and build back up in some weird, bizarro, sick, twisted Marxist ideology that has never worked anywhere in the history of ever. That is what they're teaching your kids. Whether they want to call it CRT or SEL or DEI, they know what they're doing. It's why the superintendent in Brownsburg lied to those parents and then when he gets caught, goes, well, everybody's DEI now. It's why the audio that you're hearing here, the public education system in this state and across this country is some of the most manipulative, awful people walking the face of this earth. It's no different than what I told you about what I got to go deal with next Monday. The school system where I live a year and a half ago, 
bought properties with the intent to tear them down in a residential neighborhood and totally remake the condition of that neighborhood for to fit them. Screw all the people that have lived there for decades and ever, whatever else. We only give a crap about ourselves and what we want to do. So we're going to hide this from you for a year and a half. We're going to overpay for the properties. We're going to hide this from you for a year and a half. And then we're legally obligated to send you a confusing mailer that unless you've been in the government like me and understand how to read it, nobody will have any idea what's going on. It, 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 whether it's that or SEL or CRT, these administrators, these school board people, they don't care about you at all. And I'm so sick of people falling for this. Well, our school system was number one in the state. What does that mean? Well, we're number one. What does that mean? It means if 36% of the kids are failing, is that good? Well, no. Well, that's kind of what it means in Indiana to be number one. People have, are, have, people have voted these people into office. The, the school board people have put these administrators into positions of power. And I'm so sick of them because they can use kids as human shields being able to- Your do, kids. Right? It is happening everywhere. I got fooled on it, Casey. Mm-hmm. How many times do I admit I'm wrong? <laughs> Never. It is everywhere. Tony Kenna is right. It is everywhere because I went to a place, I've gone to a place every fall for 15 years. And I would tell people, man, I really wish we kind of lived in Plainfield now because they are the one group I've seen who doesn't do this. And they do it too. Well, they've got their, what was her title? She's the assistant superintendent on administrative leave. And next Monday at 6 p.m., Monday the 24th, 6 p.m., they're waiting comment from the public. You've got to go wherever you live. It is happening where you live. You've got to go to the school board meetings. You've got to start showing up. But it's not just go. You got to speak. You got to speak. Is You have to talk. And if they say you've got two minutes, take two minutes. Absolutely. They give you five minutes. Take five minutes. Tell them Rob Kendall sent you. <laughs> they'll love that. And then they'll shorten your time to 30 seconds. <laughs> And the pressure will be off of you. So I hope that helps people understand when we're using these letters, what they represent. And it's just, it's equivalent of when they said, because originally it was CRT. We're not doing CRT. We do SEL. Mm -hmm. It's equivalent of saying you're eating a cheeseburger. No, I'm not eating a cheeseburger. I'm eating a piece of beef. I'm eating ground beef. Yeah, A piece of cheese. With dairy on it. A bun. I'm eating them all separately. They're the tenets of the same thing, which is to indoctrinate your kids. And if you love your kids or you period, even your kids are out of school, if you love your community, more than 50% of your property tax dollars in most communities go to these school systems. You are funding this. Are you tired of your money going to this crap? The Republicans down the street from us won't do anything about it, but you can start getting involved. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I get over this mountain. 11.51, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Alex Jones was at Minds Fest. <laughs> 
I don't know where. Where's Mindsfest at? You don't even probably want to know. It doesn't matter, does it? But while he was there, he was saying that uh, adults should be able to do whatever they want to themselves. But when it comes to kids, sorry, they should wait till they're 18. It's really interesting. I learned this from my wife this weekend because she listens to all the podcasts Mm -hmm. that Alex Jones and Blair White are buddies. Okay. And I think she was even on this panel with him, and this is how the question came up. So for those who don't know, Blair White is a a man who identifies as a woman. He is very conservative, uh, and he is very interesting because he is he speaks out against a lot of what you know we kind of call the phony "look at me, pretend, glory hound" transsexual people, and he's very adamant. You know, he calls them out, he points them out. He says, look, I have this issue. I have this disorder. It doesn't make it pleasant for me, but I have this thing. And he doesn't throw it in people's faces. He doesn't want anything special. He doesn't want to be treated differently from anybody else. He doesn't want special days. He doesn't feel like his rights are being violated. But he acknowledges what I have is not normal. Like, this is not, I shouldn't be treated like it's, you know, it's normal. I have the same, this is what we talked about earlier. Blair White has the perfect perspective on it. You know, he deserves the same rights that everybody else does. The right, you know, life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness, all the constitutional protections with there within. But he doesn't want anything different. He's just a person who has what well, for years and years and years until very recently was identified as a mental disorder, which, yeah, if you think you're something different from what body you're in, it is. It's a disorder. The order of the body is you're born into this and that's what you are. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's no different than I have obsessive compulsive disorder. That is a mental disorder. There's all sorts of, it's not like it doesn't mean you're running around a loony bin somewhere. I have that. It's not normal for someone to want to, you know, check the refrigerator and make sure it's shut five times when you shut it. Or it's not normal to think, you know, I got to wash my hands in a certain way. I recognize that. I don't want anything special from anyone. There's ways I deal with it. And I've lived, when I was very young, it was almost crippling. And now I live a fairly productive life. Mm-hmm. But it's a mental disorder, right? It's a, a obsessive compulsive disorder. I don't expect, it's not normal. Most people aren't doing that. The same way as most people aren't thinking they should chop off their genitals or grow breasts or in the, if it's a woman becoming a man, grow facial hair or whatever. So those two guys have become really good friends. And Alex Jones was asked about kids transitioning. And I thought he had a pretty interesting take on it. Well, what I'm saying is I don't want the government to pay for it. I don't want the government to push it. I don't want the government involved in it. But if you want to go back on your back of your house and blow your head off, that's your business. And it's the same thing. It's the same thing. If a woman or maybe a woman has her whole family has breast cancer. She says, I don't want to die of cancer. No, I think I think as adults, we should be able to do anything we want to ourselves as long as the state doesn't pay for it, meaning I pay for it. I, at the end of the day, I'm a libertarian when it comes to personal issues, but I think you really have to come of age. I think that's 17 or 18. You can't join the military. You can't buy guns. You can't buy liquor because everybody knows we do dumb when we're kids. We need people to protect us. Once you're an adult, what good decisions, bad decisions, I think you should be able to make them. Mm-hmm. But that was a pretty nuanced take from Alex Jones, which yeah. is amazing. Right, exactly. He actually made sense. Reminds me, when my daughter was young, she would jump on the bed in the middle of the night, three in the morning, and she would put her hands up like they were paws, and she would say, Emmy, be a tiger. She didn't really think she was a tiger. We didn't suspend reality and let her grow up believing she was a tiger. She was playing. There's a difference. 
can't do that with your kids. Can't suspend reality and play into it. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Kevin. Good job, and thank you for listening today. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.